1: This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for
2: Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with nation. the nation. This is America with your host, Rich
1: Valdez.
2: All right, America. My name is Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. And as always, I like to refer you to our good friends, our policy partners at JustFacts.com. You've heard of JustFacts before, and I'm going to tell you about them again. JustFactsFACTS.com. And if you go to JustFacts.com slash Rich, you can sign up for free for their policy papers. You'll get them absolutely free. And the current one they have right now on the coronavirus is one you don't want to miss. Now, check it out. Last weekend, or maybe it was Monday, I went to visit my kids, and uh, they're in Teaneck. They're in quarantine in the uh, hot spot, the hottest spot in New Jersey. You know, I didn't go inside. I didn't, they didn't come in the car. We just kind of talked on the sidewalk, honestly, and uh, I'll probably put up a picture of that uh, visit on my social media, but the point of the story was my ex-wife, since remarried, has a four-year-old, and they were gonna take their little brother to the park across the street, and if you listen to my podcast, you've heard this story, but they went to the park, And the police officer told them they couldn't be there. And little man, he was, you know, he didn't take it. Well, he's like, oh, police officer said no park for me. And he didn't like that. And I agree. I didn't like that either. Because come on, it's fresh air. It's open air. But still, they want to come at you. And the reason they want to come at you is because there's battling factions on what we do with coronavirus and how we handle this thing. And this is new to all of us. So when the president says, like he did yesterday, that governors have to work together, it's important that we actually take heed to that. Listen to President Trump discussing how governors need to work together.
3: We are also encouraging states to work together to it's harmonize critical. their regional it's important. efforts. We'll have numerous cases where states have worked and will be working very closely
2: together. So there you have the president at least part of the president, saying, hey, we have to work closely together. And we do. And the reason why? Because there's no other way we can move ahead. But you also have Mayor Bill de Blasio saying, hey, listen, some people don't get it. And I want you to snitch on them. And I know you've heard snitches get stitches, but that's not always the case. Check out Mayor Bill de Blasio here in New York City saying, if you see somebody that's not social distancing, call three
3: one one. New Yorkers, you have been extraordinary at social distancing. And let me tell you, it has taken every fiber of our beings to figure out how to do this because we're warm, emotional people. We're used to being close to each other. We're used to being packed in the subway cars. And we've had to do the exact opposite and figure out how to keep distance. It's not natural for us. It's not normal for us. But you've done it. You've done an amazing job. Now, look, thank you, everyone who's done it the right way. But we still know there's some people who need to get the message And that means sometimes making sure the enforcement is there to educate people and make clear we got to have social distancing. So now it is easier than ever when you see a crowd, when you see a line that's not distanced, when you see a supermarket that's too crowded, anything, you can report it right away so we can get help there to fix the problem. And now it's as simple as taking a photo. All you got to do is take the photo and put the location with it and bang, send a photo like this, and we will make sure that enforcement comes right away. Text the photo to 311-692, and action will ensue. Enforcement will come to get the help we need, or you can use the 311 app, send that photo there, and you'll make sure immediately there's follow-up. Bill El Bobo de Blasio, he himself is a rat, a rat think,
2: as they would say. I think this is, I mean, look, I guess it's part of his job. It's part of what he has to do. Instead of saying, hey, listen, do your part. He reiterates that a little bit. But he's like, hey, rat out your fellow man. Now, what I find really funny about this, I I really don't care. Oh, it's funny. There's a rat on the big screen in front of me. How apropos. But what's really funny here is that what are they going to do to enforce it? And we talked about this last week when I told you that, you know, the cops had rolled up and the guy was banging the windows and doing all these crazy things. And the cops didn't do anything, and I'm not faulting the cops. I understand the cops' position. I really do. What are they going to do when they grab these people that are not social distancing? Put them in jail? You can't. They're letting the jails out. They're letting everybody out of jail. Not everybody, but you get my point. They're not going to arrest somebody when they have to stay six feet away from them or put on a mask and gloves to tackle somebody to the ground. Not going to happen. All you get is the walkie-talkie, the stand back, folks. Disperse. Disperse. That's it. That, that's the maximum of what you're going to get. Now, correct me if you've seen that post in the New York Post today. There's a uh, story that shows a cop telling a guy, listen, beat it, beat it, get out of here. And the guy's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going. And the cop then uses some uh, expletives and profanities and tells him to suck of this and eat of that and all these other things. So, OK, you might get a little more than you bargained for if you get the wrong cop. This is what happens. Cops want to do their jobs, and they can't. And then you have other instances where people are having a really good time, doing what they want to do with their family, maintaining social distance, but yet the the cops will still come because of Bill de Blasio's command to be a rat. There was also a story right out of Colorado, where a former state trooper was playing catch with his six-year-old daughter. And you're never going to guess what happens. All right, you will guess. I'll tell you. Spoiler alert. The guy gets approached by the police. Listen to what he had to say about what happened to him.
1: They're like, you know, if you don't give us your information, you don't identify yourself, then we're going to place you in handcuffs. We're going to take you down, process you and book you. They're like, we're going to do it in front
0: of your daughter.
2: I was scared
0: and angry.
2: Oh, yeah, I bet she was. I got angry just reading the story. So you tell me, right, this is what I'm getting from this article and from what I heard on the report. Dad and mom take baby girl out to play catch. They're 15 feet away from anybody else. And what happens? The cops say, hey, listen, uh, you're, you're not social distancing. You're too close. You're going to have to, you know, um, put on a mask, whatever the story was. And he's like, well, hold on a second. And why? Not because he wants to give him a hard time, because he's a former Colorado state trooper and he knows his rights. What ends up happening? The cops take him into custody. They put the handcuffs on him, put him in the back of the police cruiser, only to find out that he was right, they were wrong, they let him go, and they issue an apology. An apology that says, hey, this was an overreach by our officers. This stuff isn't cool. I mean, now you got this little girl who her own cop, her personal cop, her superhero dad, in her eyes was put in handcuffs. Why? For playing catch in a park. So you tell me at what point do we wave the white flag? Do we wave goodbye to our liberty? At what point do we have no more rights, no more freedom? Because of the treacherous COVID-19 that we now know overwhelmed some hospitals, but by and large, we didn't need all of the ventilators that Governor Cuomo was whining about and Mayor de Blasio was crying about. We just didn't need them. And thank God we didn't need them. And speaking of God, wait till you hear what Cuomo had to say about God. There's a little bit of that coming up later. But what I want to talk about now is why? Why is it wrong? Why is it acceptable for a dad to get arrested for not social distancing? But keep it locked right there. You're listening to This Is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Yes, your man, Rich Valdez, right here, 17 floors above, Madison Square Garden. We've got the bird's eye view of everything that's going on. And when you look down out from the windows here, it's a ghost town in many respects. That's why when somebody tells me that there's crime waves in the street, listen, crime wave, not so much. Yeah, Individual things, broken windows here and there, sure. You got cops that are not willing to get out of their car because they don't want to get coronavirus. So I, I understand, you know, people are going to sacrifice a broken window and, you know, trying to control the crowd in lieu of people dropping dead. It's New York City. It's the hottest spot in the country. Since this whole thing went down, I never got a chance to shelter in place. Those of us working in the media, we have to make sure that information continues to go out. Information, commentary, opinion, all of that. So that's why we're essential people. That's why I'm here. We get loose Bruce and Jenny from the block on a Saturday because we're doing what we do. But my point in saying that is that because of the essential workers and the essential workers' need to get around, the subway system is still working. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and Mark Levin brought it up in large part because MIT just released this big study highlighting how the subway system is directly correlated to the hotspots. And yeah, many of you are going, well... Big big whoop, duh, of course that makes sense. It does. But now there's proof. Before it was speculation, it was conjecture. Now we know, we absolutely know that keeping the subway open was not a good move. We also know that sending college kids home was also a bad move because they went and what would have been uh, something very minuscule for them to deal with uh, in terms of their uh, immunology, it was something that they brought to abuela, that they brought to grandma, and can be deadly, but with that being said, I uh, heard an interview just this morning of an uh, MTA worker, and uh, I believe his name is Isaiah Carter, and he really laid out a lot of things. Now, it's a long interview, you can catch it on YouTube, but I have a clip of it of certain things that he said that I want to share with you because I think it brings up an excellent point. So listen to this guy he's, and he, he's a New Yorker, but he also works for the MTA. Check this out.:
4: My name is Isaiah Carter i am a new york resident and i work for uh the mta new york city transit i suspected i had the virus on march 27th i was working at uh westchester yard things are at 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 levels you've never at, at levels completely unseen right now i was told not to go to the ER unless it was absolutely necessary. There weren't enough pests to go around and there's not enough beds. This is one of the most highly contagious viruses the planet has ever seen. Okay, and that is not that is not hyperbole. And that is real. The morale right now is extremely low and getting lower we're losing more people to this virus than any of the other city and state agencies any of the other city agencies as of right now nearly 60 co-workers of mine are dead Uh, train operators bus operators, like in different departments have died matter of fact two Power operators actually died
2: today. It's not a joke. People are dying, and he's not kidding. We talked about it on Talk Radio 77 WABC when the article came out in the, the in the Post and in the Daily News indicating that there were more people from MTA that had died from coronavirus than from FDNY and the NYPD combined. And that was shocking to me because you think— The cops are on the front line. The firefighters, the EMTs, they're on the front line. But the real front line here is the subway. This is where people are cramming into these subways. Now, it's an interesting debate here because Governor Cuomo said, and again, just uh, for the lay of the land, Governor Cuomo is in charge of the MTA. The MTA is a state authority under his command. It's not a city agency. When he said, we're not shutting down the subway, we might scale it back some to like a weekend schedule, modified schedule, what they in effect did was take trains that may run every five minutes or every seven minutes and make them run every 10 or 12 minutes. So less trains were out there and people had to squeeze in to the the smaller offering of trains. And this is why it's, it's all over social media and it's always on the news You've got cops on the platform saying, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that. But we saw, what did we talk about last week? If you tuned in last week, we had the story in Philly that broke, I think, on Saturday or Friday, last Friday, where the guy got pulled off, physically removed from a SEPTA bus in Philly. That's crazy. He was just trying to, he paid his fare and his taxes pay for SEPTA. Be that as it may... That's how that went down. Now, I know that as I'm speaking right now, there are certain people going, well, what's wrong with that? That guy could be infecting everybody else. I'll tell you what's wrong with that. It's like the beginning of the Gestapo. At some point, we have to hold on to our liberty. Somebody raised a point to me the other day that I thought was interesting. And they said, you know, when was the last time we shut down the economy and we did all of this for for the flu or for that disease or this disease or whatever disease? And I understood. It wasn't an apples an apples comparison it was in many ways apples to oranges because this thing was more contagious and it had no, no uh, vaccine and still doesn't. But as we now know, as the, the governor says in New York, that the curve is flattening, even though death tolls are going up, hospitalizations are going down. Governor Murphy in New Jersey across the river, my governor, because I, I grew up in Brooklyn, but I moved to Jersey. I live in Jersey now. He says that the numbers are going in the right direction, but we're not out of the woods yet. So when all of this stuff happens, we have to stop and ask ourselves, was it a good idea to reduce the amount of trains that are in the system or should he have shut it down? Was that what precipitated the massive onslaught of spreading of this virus? MIT seems to be suggesting that New York would not be in the catastrophic state that it's in if the subway system was shut down. So I want to hear your thoughts on that and more. Let's go to Bobby in Ozone Park. Bobby, you're on with Rich Valdez. How are you doing? Good. What's up? What's on your mind? I think it it spread because of the three airports that the Chinese were flying into for a whole month, month and a half before, you know, it really hit the media. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think this is why it was important for President Trump to have shut the borders the way he did or at least uh suspend air travel i think that was definitely uh the right thing to do and he started taking action on that stuff uh we're talking about you know early february thank you for your call i appreciate that but i want to know specifically about the transit system uh, here in new york if you're taking the train if you're a nurse that's riding to and from what are you seeing what's going on and do you think it was a mistake
0: Keep it
2: locked right here. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is
1: America with Rich Valdez.
3: We are also encouraging states to work together to harmonize their regional efforts. We'll have numerous cases where states have worked and will be working very, very closely together.
2: All right. And that again, President Trump saying that he is going to be working with governors across the country right now. The coronavirus task force is assembled and the president and Dr. Deborah Burks are giving an update. We're monitoring that closely. I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to some of the folks on social media because they've chimed in and they've had a few things to say. So Nathan Brinkman's listening from Washington, D.C. Big shout out to my guy, Nathan. I know him from the Hoboken days. And my man Ricardo had an interesting question that if there's time, I'm going to get to. And we've kind of talked a little bit about what he had to say and his thoughts about PPE and social distancing. While Trump is putting his best foot forward, we have Governor Cuomo saying that while the curve is flattening, it's not your prayers that did it. It's not your faith that did it. God didn't do this. It's the gloves and mask and everything else. And I think some people are taking exceptions saying that, hey, listen. Without God, there's nothing. Listen to Governor Cuomo giving his explanation on how this is happening. It is directly a result of what you do today.
4: The number is down because we brought the number down. God did not do that. Fate did not do that. Destiny did not
2: do that. A lot of pain and suffering did that. We did that, and we meaning he, and God did not. So, I laughed at a joke last week on Easter. There was a funny meme going around on Twitter, and I'm at Rich Valdez on Twitter if you want to get at me. And it was of a guy doing an impression of Trump. And he was, you know, he was saying, it's me, uh, me versus God. And it, it was humorous, a little bit edgy. Uh, I would have played it on the air if I thought it was appropriate, but I thought it was a little bit over the top. But here you have Governor Cuomo saying in your face, like a can of mace, we did it, not God. Let's go to Moshe in the Bronx. You're on with Rich Valdez. Moshe. Yeah, Rick. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I want to tell you that they should have put a mask from a month ago in the trains. They should have gave police masks and protect them. It's all the Blasio and Cuomo fault. They're talking like they're the kings of the world. They're not the kings of the world. The people know much better than them. Oh, yeah. And he just said it wasn't God that did it. It was he that did it. That's right. They did it. They they're killing all those policemen that are getting infected, and all these MTA getting infected. And they should open the businesses next Monday. And Monday it's mass for everybody, and everybody could, could — they're they doing that, staying home. They could do stay at work safely too. They could keep the distancing. They shouldn't stop the people. From working, from, from working. I agree with you, Moshe. I, I, I really do. I mean, there's nothing to add to that. The passion, everything was there. The fervor. But let's continue this conversation. Motion, in the Bronx, thank you so much. Let's go to uh, Tommy. Tommy in Brooklyn, you're on with Rich Valdez. I'm a union construction worker.
4: I was working in Manhattan during, while this was going on. And all my guys had take the train. I'm a shop steward, so I'm, I'm involved with a lot of safety and stuff. And they were telling me, that just what you're saying, the, the trains were so packed, it was back-to-back because of the cut service that they did.
2: Yeah, and, and, and this is the real question that's out there, and I get it. I'm not trying to be a Monday morning quarterback. I'm trying to be... Uh, political commentator, right? Uh, I'm really just trying to ask the, the questions from the data that we're getting from the news and make commentary about it, and and ask questions. And and I really, I'm, I think, wow, it's it's really concerning. I at one point, I take New Jersey Transit, and that bus used to be standing room only, and it's an express bus right from Jersey to New York. It's like 28 minutes. I fly. I only live four miles from Times Square, but I'm in Jersey. And I think to myself, now, When many times, I'm the only guy on the bus. The only guy. Sometimes there's like six people. I'm like, oh, snap. You know, let me put my scarf over my mask. And I got the N95 mask, quiet as kept. The other day, there were 10 people on the bus. And I, I, I'm i telling you the truth. I was like, oh, boy, I haven't been it's six at least six weeks where I haven't been on a bus with 10 people. So I totally get it, Tommy.
4: But there also is a little common sense involved, you know. If you cut the trains, of course they're going to be more, more
2: crowded, right? There's a little common sense involved. He doesn't have to take a genius to figure that out. So you're saying the governor's not a genius. Okay, all right. You said it, not me. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Tommy. We appreciate the call. Let's go to Denise in the Bronx. Denise, you're on live. What do you got?
5: Hi. Listen, I just wanted to talk to you um, about what happened to the young man in Philadelphia. And yeah. I'm terrified that something like that will happen in New York because the governor's order to wear masks i don't think a lot of people realize it also says that only in situations where you're not able to practice social distancing and from what i've read i'm very concerned about masks because a lot of they're very uncomfortable People touch their face. They have a false sense of security and don't realize they have to be thrown away or cleaned every day. You have to use them in a very, very careful way. And I don't think the average person is doing that. In the Bronx where I live, where I go to my grocery store, they're being very careful about keeping people more than six feet apart. And I'm worried that people may think any time you step outside, you have to have a mask on. And they may get aggressive with people if they
2: don't see them. Yeah, well, I that. think you're 100% right in terms of being concerned about a police state. Hell, yeah. This looks like, like we're losing our liberty. What I The video that I saw, if you saw it, I saw it on, uh, I think it was in the post or the Daily News. And it had a, a video linked to a Twitter account. And I was like, wow. I mean, these guys were serious. Six, seven guys. And this guy that they took off the train, he was very peaceful. He's very calm. He just didn't want to get off the bus because he had to go. He had to get. And I get it. My bus runs every hour. So guess what? If I miss my bus, I'm like screwed for another hour, especially if you work late. You catch a 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock becomes midnight. These things I understand. I really, especially when it's public transportation. And guess what? I'm the public. So I totally understand that. And I agree with you. There's Proper mask care. You know, early on when this thing started on the podcast, I mentioned that early in my career, before I got into government or media, I operated and owned a barbershop. And in cosmetology school, you learn about infection control because you're dealing with multiple people and you're using instruments that you're reusing on them from one person to the next. So it's very critically important that you you learn about communicable diseases and all of these things. And washing my hands 10 or 20 times a day is, not something that's new to me. I've been doing it for a really long time because as a barber, that's what you have to do. Sometimes you wash your hands and be in the middle of a haircut. So, especially if you're doing a shave or something like that. So this was... Not new for me, but I realized that that's not a habit that everybody has. I've been to a men's room. I see how dudes roll in the men's room. So I was like, oh, boy. Now, in addition to that, my parents, uh, who God rest their souls, both had different issues with uh, infections at one point or another that they got in the hospital, mind you. So I learned about infection control uh, from nurses that came and trained us in the house and whatnot. And uh, I realized how much I didn't know when I learned about this stuff and wound care. So, not to beat a dead horse and put the audience to sleep about what I know about infection control and wound care, but you learn these things and you realize, wow, this is not layman stuff. This is not every man uh, knowledge. This is not what everybody knows. So, yes, to your point, Denise, critically important that we know what's going on. That we read up on this stuff. That we know. So, I think that's one of the positive parts of what's happening with coronavirus is the fact that we are getting a mini M.D. in so many areas, a mini Ph.D. in epidemiology, because people are paying more attention now.
5: Well, I just worry about it because, for example, I have teenagers and I know that they are not going to be careful.
2: Yeah, and I I get you. I totally get you. I have teenagers too, and I've been fighting with them. Put on your mask, wash your hands, saltwater gargle, for God's sake. So definitely understand that. And Denise, I thank you. I don't want to rush you off, but I want to get to Hannah. Hannah's calling in from Queens. What's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. How
1: How are you? Very well. Thank you, sir. You know, I agree with you 100%. And I said this on day one. Uh, You know, we should have closed the subway, stopped the buses. This nonsense would not have been what we've had today. Without a doubt in my mind, this would not we would not be dealing with what we're dealing with today. I mean I'm
2: on I'm on a seven train in Queens and it's packed like a sardine can. Oh boy, and so, Queens is like the hottest of all hot spots in the city.
1: Yeah, I, I got sick, my whole family got sick with COVID nineteen. Thank God I'm Oh, thank okay God
2: now. you're okay, brother.
1: Yes. And my mom who's eighty six years old, she also beat it to the curb and my wife wow. we're doing we're doing terrific. I feel so awesome. much uh, better about the whole thing. But let me tell you, there's a colossal failure on a local government level in in so many ways. So you mean it wasn't Trump's fault? (laughs) Well, we'll get to that later. But uh, (laughs) Trump doesn't have impact on me locally. Locally, I have to deal with my local leaders. Exactly. I I don't have to worry about the federal government right now. I mean – uh, you know, Trump may as w- well be on Mars. Who cares? I mean, I have to deal with my local assemblyman, my local mayor, my yep. local governor. That's who's responsible for me, not Trump. Uh, and I don't care either way whether it's Trump, you're pro-Trump or against Trump. That's not relevant. We have to deal with what we have now here. You know, when the Blasio was pressed to close the schools, he stayed three weeks pushing, pushing. Should we close this? We're not going to close the damn schools already.
2: You know. Uh, We need to close them, close them. I think you're 100% right because you have to take action. It's like the old saying, at least I learned it as a salesman early in my career strike while the iron's hot. You don't wait till later. All right, America, that's all I've got for now. And like I always tell you, my favorite quote from Hamilton If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And like Sir Edmund Burke always said, the only thing that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you, me, and everybody else listening to sit there and do nothing. So do something, read something, know something. Take action, because this is your country. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America.
1: This is America.